Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. India's stock market recently reclaimed its position as the world's fifth largest market amid a strong rally fueled by foreign fund inflows, improving domestic macros and a rebound in Adani Group stocks. And Bloomberg reported that India's market capitalization surpassed France to reach 3.3 trillion U.S. dollars last Friday. So t- tell us more about India's latest stock surge. I have on the line. Now, Tom Easton, who's the India business and finance editor at The Economist. Tom, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining me today. And before I want to get into the stock market in India, I just want to talk about some data release. India just released its March quarter GDP data yesterday. Could you help us summarize the key findings from that release? Um, the key findings are really good, good, and good. You know, in a time when the world is slowing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can quibble about just where the data is and how large and how much it, you know, compares to the prior quarter. Uh, Is the data really all that valid? Are there exceptions, Mm -hmm. et cetera? Um, You know, all those are valid. But the truth is, at a time when much of the world has slowed down Mm. and when interest rates have risen, India continues to grow. So the absolute number you know, is 6.1% for the prior quarter. People thought it would be slower than that. Mm-hmm. 7.2% for the prior year. That's pretty good. Um, if you break down the areas where you've seen growth, you know, agriculture is up 5.5%, construction 10.4%. That's mm-hmm. important. Services 7.1%. Personal consumption only 2.8%. That's mm-hmm. kind of slow for this economy. But, you know, they are trying to build an economy here that is led by other things and personal consumption. So, right. you know, having, you know, fixed capital investment went up by 9%. Mm. Um, that's a very, very important sign for India where it's trying to create some sort of better infrastructure to capitalize on all the chaotic fragments of the economy that were so hard to pull together in the past. You know, uh, India looks at something called their core industries, and it's important to think about what they are and how they're doing. So mm-hmm. coal, you know, it's a very controversial product in the right. world for a lot of reasons. But it's very important to India because it produces a lot of the power that it needs. Mm-hmm. So coal was up 9%, fertilizer up 23%, steel up 20%, uh, 12%, um, cement up about 12% as well. So all those are the backbone of an economy, and all those were fairly strong. So if you're looking at India and you're wondering why things are happening, those are all evidences that things are in fact happening. There's Mm -hmm. also the idiosyncratic kind of consumption boom. Um, Apple opened two stores here Mm -hmm. and uh, they've had the highest sales in the world. And I think what you're seeing there is not just demand for Apple products, but actually an issue of trust. Mm -hmm. You know, India is not a high trust society. Um, You know, people are always worried if they're getting a perfectly valid product if everything works, if everything is backed, if everything is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And having a company that has a high trust level to stand behind something, I think, made those places more appealing. Uh, not to say that in India, people don't make things work mm-hmm. anyway, because there's a huge industry here, of, as you know, called Jugar, where they, they make motorcycle engines, you know, go into cars and water pump engines go into motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anything can possibly be built. But you see that, you know, in the Apple stores, the huge hunger mm-hmm. for credit, you know, when a credible person enters the economy, how enthusiastic people are 
to engage with it. And when they can engage with it in India, they're often purchasing things in the Emirates and in Singapore and the United States. Right. Would you say that going forward, India will continue to outpace China in terms of economy? This is both a very, very important question um, and actually not an important question. So let me Mm -hmm. tell you why I think it's both. It's important because India historically had underperformed. Right. And the question is, could it perform? And, you know, in China, I think for all the challenges it put forward, it was deeply inspiring mm-hmm. to India. It said that you can do these things. You mm-hmm. can accomplish these things. I, you know, I'm an outsider in India, but I've been here for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Indians would quietly agree with me that the biggest challenge India has faced is not China and not the rest of the world, but India itself. I see. And so now India is improving how it is doing things mm-hmm. in many, many ways. And if India can resolve its bottlenecks, it will do, which it is trying to do, mm-hmm. it will do extremely well. Mm-hmm. And it won't matter if China does spectacularly well or not. Right now, there is a tremendous hunger in the world to find an alternative to Mm -hmm. China, as you know. And I don't think that will change if China settles down a bit or China seems to be more friendly or more whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, people want to find an alternative. Mm -hmm. They're looking for another country. And the question for India is not whether it can beat someone else. It's whether it can be a viable way to produce things. And we've had Mm -hmm. a couple of interesting examples of both. You have a lot of handset production going on. In India, um, you have some domestic players, notably Tata, Mm -hmm. which has really started producing. But you just had a company from Taiwan that does a It's a Taiwanese-Chinese company, Wistron, um, which is one of the big producers of Apple products, leave India. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is not, you know, Foxconn is building more in India, but it is not an easy environment. Mm. And when you see a company like Wistron, which is an experienced producer of products, actually depart from India, it shows you that the climate... You know, it's still not an easy place to work, but some people are, in fact, making it work. So will India be India will grow very, very quickly, Mm -hmm. I think, if it can get its act together, which it which it is trying to do. And it knows that I'm not Mm -hmm. telling the Modi administration or its opponents anything that it doesn't know, Mm -hmm. notwithstanding what the rest of the world does. Mm -hmm. And there are signs that it's doing better. But there are also a lot of challenges in this as well. Um, there's one other core point of the economy I'd like to make. I think the Indian economy has three components. It's mm-hmm. got kind of a tycoon apo- uh, component, and, and they're responsible for a tremendous amount of investment. Mm-hmm. Um, I calculated that uh, one company, Reliance, is, you know, it's worth about, which is in the telecom area, it's worth about 45% of the total investment of the 30 leading companies. So that's oh, hugely wow. disproportionate. So the question is, can other companies step up and start investing? So mm-hmm. people are looking at that. And that's foreigners. If Can they operate in India? Mm. Um, another part is the startup world. Mm-hmm. And what you're seeing in the startup world is a lot of write-downs and valuations. And I mean huge write-downs and valuations. The truth is they were always responsible for more excitement mm-hmm. than economic activity. So you don't see those huge write-downs and valuations really taking toll right. in GDP. And then there's a third component, which is kind of the boring middle of the economy and its banks. Mm -hmm. And it's often ignored because it's not sexy and it's not exciting. But you know what? That has done very, very well. The Mm -hmm. core Indian companies have deleveraged dramatically over the past five years. Debt to equity ratios have Mm -hmm. dropped from something like 70 to 80 percent to 40. And the banks in India have done unbelievably well. They were really in terrible condition five, six, seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, the average return on equity of an Indian private bank is 15 percent. 
That's mm-hmm. one percentage point better than J.P. Morgan, which is kind of the standard for the U.S. well-run bank. So right. the average bank, a private bank, is doing better. And in fact, that includes some losses that one of the banks, Axis, took by taking over Citi's retail operations, which is a transitory bump. So the ROE is even better than 15%. Mm-hmm. And the public banks, which were traditional basket cases, are doing 11 or 12% return on equity, which, which is really good. So that's been a transformation in the Indian um, economy. I want to yeah. talk about India's stock market. I mean, they recently made the news for, you know, reclaiming its spot as the world's fifth largest stock market after losing yeah. that status to France back in January. I mean, what is keeping foreign investors so interested in Indian shares? Well, foreign investors are kind of going in now. FDI has been somewhat positive, but not entirely. I think people, they distrust India for a lot of historic reasons that are valid. Mm-hmm. They worry about India because of many things that go on in the economy right. and many, you know, security. But on the other hand, there's a grudging respect for India that it has been doing better. It really mm-hmm. has been doing better. And, you know, price earnings ratios are not stratospheric. They've traditionally been high for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that get in the way of this. You know, India is always dreaming up new taxes. They're dreaming up new mm-hmm. ways to impede trade. I mean, and I can give you some examples of that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But the fact is, Indian companies are doing better, and the banking system, by being strong, is a huge support for the economy. So I right. think people looking around the world for a place where there's a valid financial system, where companies are doing well, mm-hmm. where there's a prospect for a lot of growth, where consumer products to telecom, mm-hmm. to, to vehicles, to exports, where there's a lot of room for improvement, they look at India and, you know, they look away and they come back. Then they look away, they look away, and mm-hmm. then they come back. Um, <clears throat> you know, allocations are not particularly high for India so far. And there's reasons for that. It is not easy to get into the Indian markets. I need to deal with it. And it's not easy to get your money back once you're there. Right. All that, it's not even all that aside. Mm-hmm. Along with all that comes the fact that the country is actually doing better and you kind of mm-hmm. want to be part of an inflection point. Yeah. Um, we were going to shift. I think your questions were originally um, that you sent me. You asked about Adani. Mm, yeah, yeah. So speaking of Adani, so, I mean, they've they've reportedly helped the markets. In fact, after the court appointed panel said they found no conclusive evidence of stock price manipulation, as alleged by U.S. short seller Hindenburg Research, Adani Group stocks they rebounded. So what's the what's the present status in this case, and how so, will it impact yeah. markets? So I created a spreadsheet for all the Adani companies mm-hmm. um, from the day before the Hindenburg report came out to. Sunday when I sent it to my colleagues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Adani companies in general are still off considerably. They were 220 or $230 billion and they're off about $100 billion. But what you've seen is um, different things going on in the different entities. Mm-hmm. So Adani Ports, which recently had a qualified, actually, accounting opinion for various reasons, which mm-hmm. we can discuss, but Adani Ports is flirting with a new high. Mm. So why is Adani Ports flirting with a new high? I, I mean, I think there are three reasons. For one, India needs that sort of infrastructure and it plays a role in its strategy of making India and exporting and infrastructure mm-hmm. and everything else. So Donny Ports is in line with the government strategy. And from what I understand, and you know, I've been to several of their ports now and there's a variety that you can see, you know, I've seen one yet to be under construction. Um, but I've been to the biggest one, which is Mundra, which is perceived to be very well run. Mm-hmm. And I've dealt with uh, factories that, have, that deal with the Mundra port, which they like. You know, so it's not an entirely clean picture, but it's a pretty clean picture. Mm-hmm. That is a well-run business in a 
core part of the Indian economy. And it's, you know, it's P is, I think last time I looked, which was about 24 hours ago, it's about uh, 28 or 29, mm-hmm. which certainly isn't cheap, but it's not stratospheric. So mm-hmm. here you have a good asset that's very important to India that has happy customers, it's considered well-run, and that's kind of floating with a new high and it could reach a new high. So that's part of the recovery mm-hmm. of Adani. He had good assets. Now, there are other assets. There's transmission, gas, green energy, which were trading previously at stratospheric fees, you know, like they had almost no earnings and they were trading at 600, 700, 800 times earnings, and those are still well off. So mm-hmm. there's been a resortment. One final part about the uh, Adani story is that, um, you know, he seems to be raising funds to shore up his business very effectively. Right. And I can tell you that I have visited many big or several big investors in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and they all say to me that the question about investment in Adani is valuation mm-hmm. at the right price they're in. They were not. They felt that he had good assets that were core to India and a good way for them to invest in India's growth story. So this was not a story about a company that didn't have anything Mm -hmm. that was a fiction. This isn't a Bitcoin, cyber coin kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a company that had, you know, what was perceived to be outlandish valuations, maybe supported by some strange trading through the Emirates, but actually fairly well-run underlying operations. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it seems to have survived this storm. Maybe not as happily as it would like to, um, but it survived it. Um, I think in the long run, actually, in some ways, this might be good for Adani because he was really branching into other operations Mm -hmm. like buying a broadcast network and so forth that had nothing to do with building what he was really focused on. And from what I understand now, they're laser focused (laughs) on, you know, shoring up their balance sheet and doing what they do well and investing in their other operations. And I should say one last thing about Mm -hmm. it is even in the height, of all the crisis, you know, I took a motorcycle across it, mm-hmm. uh, Mumbai and I saw government project after government project that had been begun and for reasons you and I will never understand were right. halted. And mm-hmm. I got to the new airport that Adani is building mm-hmm. and, you know, work was continuing, mm-hmm. even in the midst of all this fear and oh, everybody wow. expects that he will finish it on time. And there aren't that many people in India mm-hmm. that can get stuff done. So I, you know, he's not a friend of mine. He's mm-hmm. not an enemy of mine. I'm not a pro or anti If I had gotten to that airport and I saw a wreck like Mm -hmm. I saw with those other projects, I would tell you that. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that people have tremendous faith in his ability to get things done in a country which needs to get things done. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I would love to continue speaking to you, but unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, call anytime. Thank you very much. Thank Bye-bye. you. I've been speaking with Tom Easton, who is the India Business and Finance Editor at The Economist. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.